I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources, Eye on the Hill 2023. Live coverage from the state capitol. Coverage from the state capitol on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We are broadcasting live from the old Supreme Court chamber here up at Utah's Capitol Hill as we kick off the 45 day session here in the state of Utah. And if you missed the previous section, uh, we had. Uh, the president of the Utah Senate, Stuart Adams, join us. Uh, he gave a great speech today to kick things off. Some important uh, priorities that uh, we're working through uh, that will continue to play out. And you can stay with KSL News Radio throughout the 45-day session for up to the minutes. And the biggest thing is just to remember, you can participate. Whether you come up here to the Capitol and, and uh, go into a committee hearing or weigh in on an issue, you can also do it virtually. Uh, and that's a great chance. There's no excuses anymore for not weighing in on the issues that you care about. You can't just sit back at home and complain. Uh, you got a chance to lean in and weigh in, and that's what democracy is all about. All right, well, we're going to shift gears just a little bit now. Researchers are continuing the work of examining how our lives and perspectives changed uh, since the pandemic. One of the critical aspects of our lives uh, that's really seen significant changes is in child care. Uh, parents uh, obviously had to change their routine early in the pandemic, and those changes have made uh, simply returning back to work and workplaces uh, pretty complicated for a lot of folks. So we want to figure out what are the researchers seeing when it comes to child care, and what's the best way forward uh, for children and their parents and for employers. And to help us break all of that down, Patrick Brown is a fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, a former policy advisor to Congress's Joint Economic Committee, and he joins us on the line. Patrick, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, so it's great to have you back. And so uh, give us some perspective in terms of what the research is telling us. Uh, we know that uh, nothing has gone back to normal. There's a, a new a new game in town. But what are we seeing? What are we sensing? Yeah, you're right. It is a sort of a new era that we're living in. Uh, and parents who have young children, especially, I think in some parts of the country, it has kind of gone back to normal. But in other places, it's very much not. And the sort of habits that people got into in terms of work-life balance and all those sort of things were up for grabs when COVID hit. And so now a lot of people have started working from home more, flex working more, which is great. But there are some jobs that just don't allow themselves that opportunity. I mean, a lot of jobs, you got to be in person in the office having that critical face time. So work from home doesn't really work for them. So we should be thinking about ways that we can capitalize on this kind of new opportunity that COVID has presented with us and, you know, build back better, so to speak, to, to coin a phrase. And I think there's some small stuff that Congress and other policymakers can do to make it a little easier on parents. 
Yeah, so let's dive into that a little bit when it comes to the policy side of things. You obviously were involved with the Social Capital uh, Project and some of that research. Uh, what is it telling us that institutions can be doing, whether that's businesses, whether that's federal government or local? Yeah, no, I think it's important to distinguish between some of the visions that are on the table. We saw the last couple of years the Biden administration really pounded the table on the need for big government, you know, federal investments for turning childcare into basically a middle class uh, welfare program, making sure everybody had uh, access to the federal, you know, largesse to pay for childcare. That obviously never even came up for a vote. That was never going to be, uh, you know, something that most parents even wanted. When you when you look at the polling, more than half of moms specifically say they wish they had a more flexible working arrangement or they could work part time and that sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, one size fits all is never going to be a solution. So we should be working within the system to expand choices for parents. And one of the ways that I think is really ripe for bipartisan action is by making it easier for businesses to provide child care. Right now, there's a small tax credit in the, in the tax code. If you're a business and you want to provide child care to your employees, you can get back a little bit of that money. But making that more generous or expanding that to more employers, more small businesses and nonprofits, that kind of thing can be a little more creative in, in, in making sure that parents who are already working can have a little bit of that burden lifted off their shoulders without having to go full bore big government welfare state. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that was so interesting. One of the things you noted in uh, your piece at Deseret.com uh, was talking about the fact that that uh, credit for on-site child care uh, was only like 280 companies back in 2016. So, again, expanding that, uh, again, could be a great way for both businesses to be able to offer that to employees, parents to be able to say, okay, we've, we've got them close so that they feel good about that. What are some of the other solutions out there from a policy standpoint that, uh, as you said, are not just big government taking over, but are creating space for businesses and for moms and dads across the country to say, hey, here's a solution that can actually work. Yeah, right. I mean, first of all, it's just putting more money in parents' pockets. So I'm a big, you know, I'm a big fan of the child tax credit and the plan that, that Senator Romney put forward uh, last year. Uh, and, and that just helps expand the choices to parents to be able to do whatever they want, whether that's putting their kid in, in child care, having a, a parent stay home or whatever. But there's other solutions that we could get to, too. And some of these are at the state and local level. So I know your governor's talked a lot about wanting to make Utah, uh, you know, basically the most family-friendly state in the nation. And one way you could do that is by making it easier for faith-based daycare providers to operate without uh, so many of the rules and regulations yeah. uh, that that has come along with that, and and clearing out some of those, you know, red tape that kind of prevents people from entering into the the, uh, the service of providing childcare to folks. Yeah, so important. And, and so as you look at the new year and uh, moving forward, obviously a split Congress there in Washington, D.C., uh, anything that you're keeping your eye on uh, when it comes to this space? Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting any home runs, right? I mean, I think we, we've seen the Republicans already have kind of had a hard enough time keeping the lights on that I don't think anything big is going to happen. But something like this where you're targeting employers who provide child care and say, hey, look, you, we recognize you're trying to do the right thing for your employees and make your make your firm a more family-friendly place. Let's partner with that and make that a little more generous. I think that has 
appeal on both sides of the aisle. And I'll just say one other thing that I keep my eye on. I think there's real potential for a bill to happen uh, that looks at, at parents and, and kids and online and, and social media and technology and porn and all those, all that big conversation. I think the time is, is really ripe for that conversation to catch fire. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching to see what will happen over the next couple of months. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad you raised that because obviously here in the state of Utah, uh, we do have some bills already uh, on the docket uh, that will address some of those things, especially for those younger uh, kids on social media and uh, ways to protect them uh, from a host of things. We talked about a little earlier in the show in terms of uh, not just the uh, the harms, the pornography and the body shaming and self-esteem and a lot of those things, but just the ability to concentrate, to learn, uh, to sleep, uh, to be able to think deeply. Uh, those are all things that uh, need to be attacked. Uh, we hope they happen at the the local level first we can get it done at the state level and then uh, i think there are some national plays there as well uh patrick brown uh, fellow at the ethics and public policy center uh great writing great thinking as always uh, patrick thanks for joining us today anytime boy thanks so much all right again that's uh, patrick brown join us you can read his piece at deseret.com it's a great piece really looking at uh rethinking child care at work post-pandemic Uh, And why that's so important, again, a lot of things did change during the course of the pandemic, but I love this idea uh, of rewarding those businesses that are creating that flexible opportunity, whether it's uh, giving them uh, an extra credit if they're uh, having some of that on-site daycare uh, advantages. Again, not very many were taking advantage of that prior to the pandemic. Uh, so expanding that, I think that creates some real opportunities there. Uh, and then uh, also, as Patrick said, more money in parents' pockets is uh, one of the best ways to uh, to help that and to give them some real options in terms of how they use that, what they do for their kids. Uh, and again, love the fact that Patrick raised this whole idea of online, making sure there's some accountability there for the platforms, uh, social media platforms in particular, and that parents have more tools so they know exactly what's happening with their children online because that's everybody's responsibility uh, in the end. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our first hour here, uh, special coverage at the state capitol. We're broadcasting from the historic Supreme Court chamber here at Utah's Capitol Hill. A lot going on day one of 45 here in the legislature. We'll continue to follow all of that. You can stay right here on KSL News Radio throughout the day today as we cover Utah's Capitol Hill. The 45-day sprint of the session is on. We'll step aside for top-of-the-hour news. Much more Inside Sources coming up. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City, Eye on the Hill 2023. Live coverage from the state capitol. Live coverage from the state capitol on KSL News Radio. Your all day companion for news. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.